1: Learn more at marines.com.
2: Are you high?
0: Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs, our Christmas special. What a show we have in store for you. First up, I'm joined by Jason McGovern bringing Season's Greetings. <coughs> Jace, how are you?
1: Well, it was Season's Greetings until I found out the subject of tonight's show. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, no everyone, Obviously, hopefully you've all had a good Christmas and the, the presents are, are nicely opened. You've all got a copy of the Spurs shirt and we're... We're ready to fly and looking forward to Boxing Day and everything, mate.
0: There you go. So many games to come over the Christmas period. Now, we're bringing back a very special guest to on this show. We've had him on a, quite a few times over the summer, the build-up to January transfer windows. One of the most credible, I want to say, journalists out there, the assistant news editor of Sky Sports News, returning back to the
3: show in Lyle, Thomas. Lowell, how you keep him? Good. Very good, mate, yeah. Preparing for January, getting everything... Sorted out and uh, getting to know what you know what the clubs are doing at the moment. So uh, yeah, it's all, uh, all all hands to the phone, so to speak, at the moment. And uh, there'll be there'll be less Christmas turkey for me and more uh, yeah gabbering on the phone with people. So yeah, <laughs> but that's how we like it. Well, don't Jason
0: loves this time of year, transfer window times his favourite. <laughs> he he oh, absolutely adores it. He tries to play this out there. He doesn't like it, but believe me, listeners, Lyle, he absolutely adores it. He's telling me get Loie back, get low back. We've got low on. <laughs> So, let's get straight into the show. Hold on, because...
1: hold on, hold on, Rick. I don't mind Lyle being on. It's you being on, I object to. you talk about transfers for the last four
0: months. Well, the <laughs> no, a whole
3: hours look forward to again, It never matches. goes away. It never stops. Oh,
0: dear, oh, dear. Go on. Transfer world never stops. Lyle, we are recording this show on the day of Jose Mourinho being sacked by Manchester United. Still feels yeah. strange saying that. You know, it's been, I presume, a crazy, crazy day for yourself. And... The main topic to come out of this, obviously, is our manager, Maurizio Pochettino, who we adore at Spurs. We love him. He's one of the main favourites already for the job. What can you tell us in terms of him being a potential target for Manchester United? I'm hoping you're going to shut that down. What can you tell us about that?
3: I don't know if I can uh, shut it down. I mean... Listen, yeah. Well, it it's, it has been a hectic day. Obviously, I don't think a lot of people expected it, um, Jose, to go today. Um, of all days, certainly, it, it caught um, it caught us by surprise, and I think it caught most of the media by surprise when it was. I mean, there certainly wasn't any any reports overnight um, from what from what I can tell that uh, it was going to happen. In fact, there was reports in various newspapers this morning saying that he still, uh, you know, he was still going to be kind of given a a stay of execution, as it were, and then all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, the news the news came through this morning, and uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was um, it was all all hands to the pump, so to speak at um, at Sky. I, ser- I can certainly say it's, it's it's definitely an enjoyable experience to be part of the team and working at Sky on a day like today, because you really kind of get a sense of uh, the whole operation kind of coming to life and clicking into gear with a, with, a, with a with a news story like that. You know, it it, it it takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work from a lot a lot of people to to get that all together, you know, to get all the the reaction, to get, the, the you know, people like Gary Neville and Gary Emerson and things like that to to be ready to come on and talk and, 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 and obviously find out what's going on with a developing story like that because things are kind of changing all the time. So, so it has been a hectic day, yes, obviously, and, you know, obviously Murcio's name has been mentioned. Um, listen, I think it's been, Mauricio's name's been mentioned because obviously if you're Manchester United, um, you're going to be looking around all of Europe for, for who is who are the top managers? You know who's going to come in and uh, and, and be a long-term um, acquisition for them. And, and Mauricio Pochettino is going to be on that 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 list of names, isn't he? He just has to be. And and you know I'm sure he he and anybody else would say that's a kind of a, a testament really to the work and the job he's done at Tottenham and the job of the whole team at Tottenham and how successful Tottenham have been under him. Um, so you know, listen, I can't shut it down because he's obviously going to be of interest to in Manchester United. I think that, that that's that's just a, that's just a given. Um, you know whether that interest is reciprocated by him and his staff, I don't know. Um, but he certainly said today that he was um, he was committed to Spurs and, and f- fully focused on Spurs. And you know, obviously, on the one hand, he I guess he has to say that, but on the other hand, you know, he did say that at the end of the day. So certainly, I don't think there's any danger uh, in, in the in the short term. Um, I think obviously, what Manchester United are planning to do is bring in an interim guy to the end of the season and. And really take some time to uh, to make the right appointment. And I think, I think that in terms of making the right appointment, that goes uh, for a technical director as well. Um, so I think what what United are doing is looking at the whole way the whole club is set up and looking at the uh, you know the, the the failures, so to speak, of of what's happened over the last few years of how they've been left behind by the likes of City and Liverpool and, and, and Tottenham and, and, uh, and other clubs in the, in the European competitions and thinking about how they can catch up um, with, the rest of the, with, with the rest of the pack. And, um, and I think they're looking at the models of different clubs around Europe and the, the kind of the trendy model these days is to have the, the sporting director or the technical director, whatever you want to call him, um, working with a, with a head coach. And having somebody, um, you know, uh, above the manager who is who is uh, an expert at the technical side, what we call the technical side, which is the football side of the club. So rather than the business side, but rather than the commercial aspects and all that kind of thing, it's it's looking after the actual football side. So it's looking after who the head coach is, who his staff are, um, how they recruit players, how they recruit other staff, how they bring players through the academy. Um, you know those kind of pathways and making sure they they create the environment for players to thrive. So I think that's what that's what United are going to be looking to do. Um, I mean, we reported I think quite a few months ago actually that United had start kind of started the process of looking for a technical director. And uh, the, the information that one of my colleagues was getting today from them is that that Mourinho wasn't really into that, and that was part of the reason why why they made the decision that they have. Um, so I think that what they're going to be looking for, as much as they're going to be looking for a new manager or, or, or head coach, whoever, whatever they, 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 whatever title they give to him, they're also going to be looking for the kind of the perfect partner, I guess, the, the perfect uh, duo with um, with a with a technical director higher up. Um, so you know who that's going to be is 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 as important, I think, as who the head coach is going to be. So and uh, and, and any 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 head coach that's potentially going to be interested in going there will. I'm sure we'll want to know who that person is going to be and, and have some kind of a say in perhaps who that person is going to be so that the United can get it right. So that's kind of where things are at really at the moment in terms of United and, uh, and then any the interest in, in, in Pochettino. It's not really something um, for now, um, but but whether it's something that picks up pace uh, in the summer or towards the summer, then uh, yeah, that remains to be seen.
0: Okay, thanks, Lyle. Bringing it round to you, Jace. you know, this is obviously the first reaction to it. We are recording, again, as I say, guys, on the day of Jose Mourinho being sacked. Therefore, when this show does go live, circumstances may have slightly changed in terms of where that story is at with Manchester United. But just to bring it on to Pochettino, Jace, for a second, his comments that he made are ahead of the Arsenal Carabao Cup fixture. When asked about the Manchester United link, he says, after only five years, there's a lot of rumours about my position here. I can't answer this type of question because this type of rumour happens. It's not my business what happens in another club. I'm so focused on delivering my best job in this club. Referring to, obviously, as Tottenham. Jase, what's your initial reaction to the sacking of Jose Mourinho? And are you confident that if a proposal was put towards Maurizio, he would still want to stay at Spurs and finish what I think said to you off air as the unfinished job? I mean, there's so much left for him to do at Tottenham, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I'm not in the least bit fussed about it at all. Not not in the least bit fussed. I I totally expect Manchester United to come for him, or to be speaking to, you know, trying everything they can in their power to get him. He is the the perfect Manchester United manager. It ticks absolutely everything that, that they seemingly want the next person to be. So, you know, I, I expect six months of of every single week his name being on the back of every single newspaper. But I'm totally confident that that he'll, he won't go to Manchester United. So, you know, but if he comes out and says, I'm not interested in going to Manchester United, you're a fool if you think the journalist a week later isn't going to say to him, <laughs> do you fancy the Manchester United job? It's just going to continuously. And, and and he's right. I mean, he can deny it in 55 different ways, but he'll still get asked the question for the 56th time. So we're just going to have to... to To get used to it, Um, I think. Of course, we'd think he'd be crazy to go there because we're Tottenham fans, and 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 that's a different club. So, of course, we want him to stay. But I think when you're so close to getting things, or you're well down the path to getting things how you want them to be at Tottenham, why rip that up? And and because when he goes to Manchester United, you're starting completely from scratch again. You know, Manchester United is not the club that it was when Fergie left. So. You know, you've got a, you've got a complete rebuilding to start again. Even if that's with a technical director or whatever, and and you know, I, I don't see the attraction in that. And and there's, there's there's no more chance of that working this time because he's he's just seen three other managers sacked by Man United, and they all went with with the hopes and optimisms of this is the best club in the in England, the finest club, and and everything's going to be brilliant, and this is the pinnacle of my career. But it hasn't worked out for any of them.
0: Mm. I mean, just on my personal view of it, for me, I think I said to you, Jase, I would see it now to walk away from Spurs at this point in time. I would see it as though like it's been unfinished business for him. You know, the way he has nurtured and developed this squad and it's taken them right to the brink now. We are so, so close to, to kind of go now. It would just, you know, and another yeah. man comes in, Jason, takes the credit for it. Imagine if another one, no one person does come in and, and win the league at Spurs. Well, it's well, been exactly. done a lot of his hard work, Jace.
1: No, exactly, and you know when you exactly that if, if somebody else came and, and won a league within a year, then you know it would have been done on the back of Pochettino's of work. The, on, the only club I've, I've ever feared coming in from is Paris because he's he's hinted that Paris would be a, a, a difficult choice she, to to of his she. links. Yeah, yeah, because of his links there, and they've obviously got the spending power t- to help, but. Without it being Paris, I'm, I'm honest, with you, it's really strange. The two clubs I've never worried about coming in for him are Man United and Real Madrid. And they're the two jobs he gets linked with.
0: Lord, can I ask, coming back around to you for a second, because you mentioned about a technical director potentially as part of that set-up at United, the way they'll move forward. As I Jace, it's a case of where, I mean, you've just mentioned it there, it would be a whole restructuring job again for Pochettino where he's taken Spurs down the line where they are now. They're kind of geared, set, ready to win trophies. With United, with all the egos there, with having to restructure that whole club, he's having to you know, probably you know, heal so many rifts within that football club. It's almost kind of going back to start, isn't it? It's kind of resetting himself to go back into a football club
3: and kind of restructure it all again. Yeah, well, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, in terms of the, direct, the technical director job, I think, um, I mean, the, the worry would be if somebody like Paul Mitchell went in there. Uh, because obviously, right, yeah. Paul... Paul has worked with 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 Mauricio before, and they trust each other a lot, and uh, they you know they're they're they they're close and, and have been since Hampton time. And Paul's name has been been linked with the United technical director job. Uh, obviously, he's at RB Leipzig at the moment, and and done a, done a good job there in terms of recruitment. So, you know, if if he was to go in a Man United, that might be a bit more of a worry. Um, but um, again, there's so many other technical directors out there, all that kind of a, a role. You know, people like Monchi at Roma and uh, and those guys that have done you know, a really good job. That I'm sure United would um, would 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 be looking at. Uh, but you're right, it would be a restructuring job. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I dare I say though, Mauricio, he kind of likes that, doesn't he? Like he, he likes project, <laughs> and that's what he liked about Tottenham. Tottenham was a long-term project, and and that was part of the attraction was to sit down and be part of a project going forward and building something. And, and But he's still doing that at, at Tottenham very much so. And, uh, you know, like you said, this unfinished business is, is definitely definitely the word. And, um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's important to remember that, that he apparently turned down Real Madrid in the summer before mm. he signed that contract at Spurs. So yep. this is a guy who's not afraid to turn down a big club if, it's, uh, if the conditions aren't right and, you know, it's not the right time. Um, and, and he doesn't he doesn't want to move, and he feels like he's still got unfinished business at Tottenham. So he certainly has proved that he's not afraid to turn down huge jobs, and he's still a young young manager as well. There's still a lot, plenty of time on on his side. This is a guy's going to be around for a long time in the game. Um, he's certainly proven that he's not a flash in the pan. You know that he's not a manager who is, uh, shall we say, needs to 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 thrive on. Uh, his stock being at a certain level you know he he's proved that he can produce a winning successful team year after year after year even without signing any new players even without any you know going into the transfer market even with a raft of injuries even with uh, a team that uh, half of them have only had half a pre-season and played in the world cup you know all these um all these hurdles that would, would, would get in the way of most teams and, and cause most teams to have a blip and slip down the table. You know, Pochettino's Tottenham have, have overcome all of them. I know everybody talks about the fact that they haven't overcome the, supposedly that final hurdle yet and won a trophy. And obviously Pochettino's an ambitious guy and he's going to want to do that. But I think um, I think time is very much on his side. And, and, and listen, Tot- Tottenham have been... Uh, and, and Pochettino's been the subject of, of speculation over his job for what the best part of three years, four years during his five years? Yeah, I would nine. say that. Yeah, and, yeah, definitely. And he's still there, isn't he? You know, five years later, mm. he's still there. So, um, you know, initially you look at it and you think, well, okay, the United job's are available again and that might be a concern. But, you know, on the other hand, um, this kind of we've had this kind of speculation around before, we've had this uh, conjecture about. About Mauricio moving to to club A, B, or C, and and he's still there and he's still at Tottenham and still doing doing what he's what he's doing. So, so uh, so yeah, you know, I, like I said, I don't think it's a it's a worry in the short term, and I'm I'm, I'm sure sure. And like I said, Tottenham have survived the press and the media speculation around Pochettino before, so there's no reason why they can't survive that again this season.
0: Fingers crossed. Last sticking with you, if we go mm. back to the final game of last season against Leicester City, the post-match yeah. press conference, Pochettino yeah. called on the club to be brave, take risks and work in a different way to what they had mm. been previously. I think at the yeah. time, and you know, you correct me if you think I'm wrong here, I think that was widely interpreted as a plea for Chairman Daniel Levy to release the financial shackles. As fans, you think... We was right to see it like that. Is how you personally saw it at the time when he gave that post-match press conference against Leicester on the final day of the season. When it's right, inside of that point in time, a new contract between him and the club wasn't agreed.
3: I think for, um, for the for the most part, there was a lot of presumptions made that, that 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 that's what it meant that he wanted to have the the financial shackles. Um, released released but but that's not the way that I really saw it, I think, and also that's not the 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 version shall we say that I got from from people I speak to um certainly not you know I mean I think firstly it's not necessarily true to say that that Pochettino suddenly wants to work with you know big money stars and and be competing for the sixty seventy million pound eighty million pound players that. That Man United and Man Manchester City and Chelsea Chelsea do, um, you know I think I think Mauricio prefers to to sign up and coming players, you know players that are, are, are kind of emerging talents that he can preferably young and ambitious that he can nurture and and mould in his image and and turn them into those sorts of marquee players that are worth you know fifty sixty seventy million pounds. Uh, you know that that's certainly the model that Tottenham have adopted over the years and. And that he's bought into. So I think the idea that he suddenly wanted something different um, in that regard, um, I just don't, just don't see it. And uh, like I said, that's not the version I was getting from, from, uh, from my sources. So I think. You know the the model as well has been successful that they've that they've built. You know they've had a negative net spend. I think Mauricio's known that they're building a stadium and the the costs um, that it's that it's incurred. So I don't think he's been under any illusions that 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 um, suddenly there would be massive transfer funds to 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 be available. So yeah, you know, you know what did he mean by being brave, taking risks? Uh, it could be it could be any number of things. You know it could be it could be it could be small things i mean you know there was the wider context of what he was saying there um and and you know he, he i don't think necessarily he was meaning it as strongly perhaps as it was taken um so you know it could be for them to be a little bit more brave on signing particularly p- particular targets perhaps that they were not quite sure of you know that perhaps that you know were not as proven yet or um perhaps taking you know the gamble on on in that regard or taking this more of a gamble perhaps on a on a few more 5 6 million here and there you know on a, on a player earlier in the window you know he's already said that he want would rather bring players in earlier in the window so he has them for pre-season you know perhaps we saw a little bit of that playing out with grealish you know that obviously the opportunity was there early on for tottenham to do to do something while they were between ownership and and uh you know they they waited and 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 it proved to be you know proved to be impossible to get him in the end of the window, so perhaps he meant he meant that um so but listen, you know Pochettino signed a new contract, and if he didn't agree with the terms you know the basis of signing that contract then then he, he just wouldn't have done it would he so you know to say that he was um he was frustrated uh, you know uh, not competing with Chelsea or Arsenal or Manchester City for these, these huge marquee players from a, from abroad and and what have you, then I just don't see it. But but also I think it's important to 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 point out that Spurs have you know released the funds in one respect because they've given big contracts to their their current stars. So maybe when he said be brave, maybe he meant maybe he meant that. Maybe he meant you know uh, moving yeah moving the, the the pay structure up a little bit and. And giving the the current stars that he has, um, the money to to, that from their point of view as players they're competing with the best stars in terms of their wages. Perhaps he meant perhaps he meant that, but I don't think anybody really knows for sure, um, exactly, exactly what he meant. I d- I don't think there have been any broken promises. I don't think he was told that that huge funds would suddenly be released if he was going to going to. Uh sign a new contract or or, or whatever. And, and he did, so he, he, must, he must have been happy with the conditions, otherwise he wouldn't have signed it. Yeah, and come around to
0: you, Jace. you know, just on this subject, because, you know, we're on Twitter and we're on the Love Sports shows, we get all the phone calls saying, you know, release the money for Poch, Poch needs to spend the money. You always make that valid point, Jace. that, you know, sometimes maybe, like Lowell says there, he doesn't want to spend the money. Maybe he doesn't want to have to manage an ego. We've always questioned about Pochettino that could he manage someone like, you know, a Sergio Ramos, someone that is not going to go for him on everything that he wants, there will be a bit of resistance Resistance there in the dressing room, Jace.
1: Yeah, and you know, you can even apply that to to today, can't you? Where it, it's being seen as Mourinho up against Paul Pogba and will, the, will Manchester United back the player or back the manager? And you know, it, it's now suggested they came down very firmly on the side of the player because he's, he's too valuable an asset. So Pogba's ego thinks, well, I've seen one manager off and then the next manager that they seemingly want is one that doesn't like players with an ego that will take him on. So, you know, it, it's things like that. I, I, I think you know, if, if I've always said, I want Pochettino to sign the players that that he wants, and I don't care what the name is. We saw in the summer when players like Shakiri were, for instance, linked, and fans are, oh, why do we want a player like that? He won't take us to the next level. And those same fans that said it then are tweeting on Sunday, why didn't we sign <laughs> It's That's the way Andrew Robertson's another one who looks, let's be fair, he looks the best left back in the league. Harry Maguire, why do we want a, a failed centre-half from Hull? Plays in the World Cup, why don't we try and sign Harry Maguire? It's, it's just let, let the manager sign who he wants. I think we all, we've all played football manager or FIFA. Or some of us have played both. And we we all sign players for our teams and then immediately think that Pochettino should sign the same players that we sign for our teams, just like that. Do you know what? I don't want us to sign Bradley Deck from Blackburn, but if Pochettino comes into Levy and says, I want Bradley Deck, I want Daniel Levy to go for Bradley Deck, not say to him... No, nah, he's not very good. I'll try and get you another know, bloke from Schalke for forty million or something.
3: Just <laughs> good player, by the way, Bradley Dack. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but, but you know what? You know how I mean it. No, it's it's just yeah, exactly. I, I mean. I've said it before, and, and as mad as it sounds, if he came to me and said, "I want to sign Jack Wilshere," then I hope Tottenham signed Jack Wilshere. It's as simple as that. As much as I despise, God, him. I be dozen, Jace. No, but you, <laughs> that's that's my whole point. Oh, of mate. course, sign I get you coming from that he yeah. wants. Yeah. Not, think, who the important thing,
3: thing. can take Sorry you again. to the next level.
1: Yeah. Go on.
3: Lo. I think the important thing to remember about Pochettino and the way his team plays, uh, you know, they're so fluid, but at the same time, each role has, uh, you know, a a specific specific responsibility in the team. And so, what he needs is players that can perform that role, players that are either already performing that particular role, um, and can also be malleable enough, tactically malleable enough, to 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 fit in that way and, and learn the way that he wants. Uh, you know, a number eight to play or a number nine to play or a number 10 or a number four or whatever. So, you know, when you sign big stars, uh, you know, they're, they're more established and they're more set in their ways of doing things. And it can be a lot more difficult to, to, to take a big star out of a club and suddenly turn him into a different sort of player, you know, and especially the type of player that Pochettino wants, which is somebody who's going to be running around like a headless chicken, you know, committed to the team, Doing doing all the running that's required, you know, both in training and in preseason, as well as in, as in games. I mean, I guess you know, somebody like Van der Vaart a good example. It was a good example where he came in in the in the in the red nap setup, where the players are kind of given the freedom to play to their to their current strengths and and develop those strengths. And you know, they mould the team around a star like that. You know, to, uh, Pochettino. I think I've said it before. Pochettino's Team teams are not about one man or one solo man it's kind of the sum of all the parts is greater than any one player do you see what I mean yeah that's the idea is that you have 11 players and those 11 players together make a team that is far more successful or, or hopefully more successful is going to you know is going to win more games than, than a team that is uh, shall we say a couple of rings lower down the down the pecking order but has a Gareth Bale in it or has a Rafa Varane in it. Do you see what I mean? Of course. So so it just doesn't kind of really align itself with going out and spending 50 60 million pounds on 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 great players and uh, I say great players but 50 60 million pounds on on big players players <laughs> are already established at huge clubs for huge fees. And listen Tottenham Tottenham don't have have the funds to do that yet at the moment. They don't they never have. Um, and and uh, and Pochettino has always known that from the first day that he came in to to today. So you know that I don't think that's going to change, and it's certainly not going to change in January. I mean, and Jan, Jan, I, I guess we'll get on and talk talk a little bit more about it later on. But we will, yeah. But um, but again, you know, January is a difficult month. Difficult month for every team. There's not a lot of stuff out there on the market, uh, especially you know where really good players are concerned. Um, so you know, it, it's it'd be quiet for every team, and Tottenham have only signed what. Two players in the January window in the last, I don't know how many years, since Nelson and Sahar was brought in. To, <laughs> the classic duo, well, yeah, it's the classic duo. Well, I mean, that's a great example, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Of it going is. out and buying two players because you think you need them. But that's right. neither well, were really worth, worth, worth buying, really, were they? Hmm. Because they didn't, neither of them really made an impact. They were the only players that were available on the market because, you know, in January the situation that you have, the, pl- the kind of players that you can buy are, are, are players that are not really playing at their clubs because they're not good enough. or And the players that are really good, the kind of breakout stars that are perhaps having their first really good season or, or the players that are playing really well, the clubs don't want to let go. They don't want to get rid of. So, you know, you're looking, especially when you're a top club and you're trying to find a player who can make a difference for you, it's really difficult. You know, you need a set of circumstances like they were at PSG when Tottenham were able to get Lucas Mora, which is that they needed to bring themselves um, in into line or try and bring themselves into line with with FFP. Uh, you know they had a player who was a star under the manager before, but wasn't fancied by the current manager. So you know if you're a team like Spurs, I guess that's what you're looking for. You're looking for uh, a player who's you know been very very good under a previous manager, but perhaps the club have made a change. Um, or you know, and somebody's not not getting a game, and 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 the the, the selling club or potential selling club needs to accrue some funds.
1: Careful, careful Lyle, you'll have everyone telling you we're signing Isco next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Isco one—that that never goes oh, away. Go. But just on the just on the the you spoke about it with Pochettino, just to kind of bring it back to that. So, as we know, yeah, Pochettino shortly went on after the summer to sign a new five-year contract at the club worth. Up to £8.5 a year. The deal which runs to 2023 makes Poch still one of the highest earning managers in the Premier League. Just behind Pep Guardiola and ironically Jose Munoz at the time. Now, as we know, Spurs were the first Premier League club not to make a summer signing since the transfer window was introduced in 2003. But they did tie down Harry Kane, Davinson Sanchez, Hummin Son, Eric Lamella... Harry Winks and Potterton himself to long-term contracts. Just how important, now do, do you think that was for Spurs to do those deals to get those players tied down
3: over? Well, well very important, of course. I mean, it can, it, it, this ties into the into the transfer market, obviously, because you know you're looking at Tottenham's team, and if, when Tottenham go into the market, they have to think about if they're going to bring somebody in. They've either got to be better than what they've got or filling a gap that's moving on. Um, and so if you look at Tottenham's team and the players they've got and the way they've performed over the last you know, two, three, four years, it's hard to, to see that you know, th- that many better players out there that are obtainable for Tottenham. So the, the beeline has to be tying down the current stars that they've got. And certainly I think one of the main ingredients to Tottenham being successful this year again and, and over the last few years is the continuity in the team and the familiarity of the team and that the players will know each other so you know if you if you've got 11 players um, that you rely on and they, they you know they click together so well and and they've been playing together for a number of years that's an ideal situation to be in for any club you know no club wants a high turnover of players every transfer window they want their top players to be recommitting and you know them recommitting to long term contracts is is can only be a good thing it can only be a good sign of the environment being the right for Tottenham um, and, you know, the, the the more players and the manager showing that they're committed to Tottenham for a long time. It's, um, it's only a positive thing. So, yeah, it's, um, it was very, very important.
0: Jace, people forget, don't they, sometimes that over the summer they kind of highlight the fact that we didn't sign any players. But I do seem to forget that Spurs did go out there and consciously try and tie down some of their key stars to real long-term contracts.
1: Absolutely, and don't forget one of the things that we are always criticised for is number one, you know, you got to win a trophy, and number two, you got to keep your best players. And, and Tottenham are a selling club. Well, you know, Carl Walker apart, who's really have we lost since since Bale? You know, Daniel Levy has done that. He has tied players down. You know, we've constant talk over Toby in the summer, but he's still there. So you know, whether he leaves at the end of this year he's, or, or he'll probably get that, that deal you know, the extra one year triggered, then it's up to, we'll see how we go. But we're, we're talking about the chance to tie players down. They've, you know, there'll always be the odd one or two that drifts. But, but as you say, all those players and then since then, Dele alley and such, you can't really criticise the way the club have gone about it.
0: Now, Lyle, I want to come back round to yourself. We saw Harry Kane sign that new deal and Daniel Levy is, you know, it's renowned out of that. He smashed Spurs' wage structure to give Harry Kane that new contract worth up to what we led to believe £62.4 million, a six-year deal that could earn him 200000 a week, including bonuses, which almost doubles his previous deal. Just how big a contract law was that, do you think, for Spurs in their history, given that we're led to believe that is the deal that smashed the club's wage structure?
3: Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, those figures speak to themselves, don't they? It's the biggest deal that the club have ever done for a player. But, I mean, it's a, it's a sign of of, of their... Opinion of Kane and what he's done for the club and what he can still do for the club. You know, these guy's entering his prime still, isn't he? He's still so, still so young and uh, still got so much to offer. So I think it's just a it's, it's a marker of that. And, and I think, as I've said before, Kane is kind of the um, you know the nucleus of the team. Really, he's the he's the one that you want. He's the example you want to use to every young player coming through the academy and anybody else you want to sign. Really, of the kind of uh, the model professional, the ideal. Play, you know, somebody that that um, takes his takes his work and his game and, and the club uh, a serious in, in equal measure, you know, and somebody who's committed to to the club um, in a very professional way. So, you know, reward, you have to reward people like that, and, and it's good to see that they've done that. And um, you yeah, know, obviously, it's great for Tottenham that they've that he's committed for that length of time.
0: And then, following on from that, Law, we obviously had the news in the last recent months that Dele Alli signed a new contract, keeping him to the club yeah. and to 2024, having received what we're led to believe a bumper pay rise. Is that, you know, with Dele Alli, I think I've always been of a concern. And I think, you know, generally, he's such a superstar of a player. We always think Ali's maybe got this pathway in his mind that Spurs isn't his final destination. You know, given his rapid progression in the Spurs shirt, do you still believe that his long-term future is at the club rather than that contract being just to protect his value for years to come?
3: Yeah, I think so, but I think contracts are, are are not necessarily one thing or the other, aren't they? When you know, new contracts are a symbol of another thing, of a number of things. Not only, you know, are, are you rewarding players for for you know what they've what they've achieved for your for your club, and Tottenham have that that kind of wage structure in place or that that contract um, structure in place where, when players you know reach a certain number of games and reach a certain milestones in terms of goals, and appearances, and what have you. They they reward their players with with, um, with new contracts, and you have to do that because that's that's an incentive for for a player to perform highly. You know, you got you got to give players lots and lots of reasons to perform at their highest level. Obviously, not just uh, for the manager of the team. You know, that comes first and foremost, but obviously contractually, if a you know if a player knows that if he reaches a certain milestone or benchmark, and he's going to get rewarded, um, you know, with with the with the contract to go with it, then then uh, you know it's it's, a, it's it's good inspiration, good motivation. Um, for them, so, but again, it's also protection. That's that's the other side of, of any contracts. Is you know, at the same time, also protects the club and uh, against any you know anybody who might want to poach in later. And uh, and when you want to keep you know keep your keep your stars away from 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 big the midst of big clubs. And I think Tottenham have positioned themselves really well actually in that regard because um, you know. Even the big clubs, although they are spending huge amounts or have been spending huge, huge amounts on transfer fees over the last few years, I still th- I think that there is still a certain amount of wariness um, over doing that. Um, and Tottenham have positioned themselves now really where their best players can only go to a very small select group of clubs in Europe potentially because of the amount of money that it would cost to get them. And so it's put them in obviously in a strong position where the players are less likely to be poached because, you know, the transfer fees are going to be so huge, so so monumental, that it's a huge alley and a huge commitment even for the biggest clubs to decide to do that. So I think even the biggest clubs, you know, even your Barcelona's, you know, are looking at signing players who, again, who are more... Um, you know, up and coming for want of a better expression. I mean, you, you, you look at Barcelona signing of players like Malcolm, for example. You know, they've they've gone and signed a player from from Bordeaux rather than going and signing a player from San Germain or Bayern Munich or, or or Juventus. You know, so so um, I think Tottenham are in a good position there, and they've done they've done. Good things with the contract, the contract ethos is good enough and I think um Rebecca Capelhorns had a lot to do with that. I think she should be given credit for coming in and, 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 and helping in that regard.
0: Jace, we just mentioned it there to you it was my last question about you know the importance of tying down these players to contracts. Do you think Spurs in general from the media do we get enough credit for that, Jace? For tying down these players to long term deals like we have with the likes of Harry Kane breaking that waste structure, Dele Alli, such a big player as we know, you know, I think if he was up for sale tomorrow, God all the top clubs in Europe would want to sign him. How, how important should the club be, like Lars is there, recognised and given the praise of keeping hold of these, you know, real, real important players for the club?
1: I think they've done a f- fantastic job, but it, it doesn't stop the the speculation, does it? I mean, we'll still get it, as I say, with the summer. It's, it's now all around Ericsson. It's moved on from Toby to Ericsson. It would have involved Deli Alley, It would have been involved Kane, and we will reach the end of the season. And, and uh, you know, if Tottenham haven't won a trophy, I'm sure it will be, well... You know, Pochettino wants to go here, and he'll take Kane with him. I don't think you'll ever stop all the the speculation going. All we can say is the club seem to address those issues as and when they need doing. And you know, I, I don't think you can criticise the club for that. But you know, they don't necessarily need the credit in the media. I've, I've given up. You know, with, with great respect to to Lowe. I couldn't give two shits what the media say about any of our players or any of the club anymore. There's so much rubbish spoken and. You know that's on Sky, it's on BBC, it's it's in every single newspaper. Um, there's just so much that's that's there's column inches to fill and there's there's airwaves to fill. So you know they've got to talk about certain things.
0: Lo, I want to come back round to you. We've heard recent speculation over Christian Eriksen's new contract. Now Pochettino came out recently and said that he's not worried about Eriksen's contract situation, and insists the club are working hard to time down to a new long-term contract. Now ericsson's deal at the moment expires in 2020 there's been no breakthrough talks between the club and the players we understand it at the moment where they've been ongoing since the back end of last season I wonder what you can maybe tell us about that and do you personally feel that like he will end up signing a new contract to club what do you make of that
3: yeah i think um i mean listen, I- I'm not aware of there being um, anything particular sinister going on um, in terms of discussions with him. I mean, I would be... I'm sure Spurs are hopeful, and and like Pochettino said, they're working hard to get an agreement with him. Um, You know, I'm not sure why that one is one a particular concern, especially not at this point, with it still having, what, 18 months left to run um, when we get into January. So, you know, that's not... uh, not a concern yet, I don't think for the club. Um, you know, there are other other more pressing issues. I think aren't there with um, certainly with Toby's situation uh, heading into the summer. I think if you're Christian Eriksen, you just want to. You, you're probably thinking, you know, making sure where the club's going to go, aren't you, this season? Uh, you know, rather than doing it halfway through the season, but perhaps looking to where the club's going to finish this year and how you know how competitive they are at the end of the year for for any trophies and making sure they're they're in the Champions League again next year before you decide you know whether you're going to recommit or not so um yeah, again like I said not 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 one I've heard that there's any anything any issues at the moment uh, or at least anything to worry about
0: it's funny because like, on the Eriksen subject when we spoke about him in the past we've heard you know years ago that he, he apparently turned down Chelsea and it seems that like Eriksen has got in his head this kind of I don't know say master plan or he's got maybe sure a pathway and i suppose the main question that we always kind of fear as spurs fans is that is Tottenham in his mind, his final destination, or is it a Barcelona? Is it Real Madrid? Is it a Paris Saint-Germain? Do you think if Spurs could fulfil all of his ambitions at the club, they could win trophies, Premier League, complete in the Champions League, like we are doing year after year, do you think that would be enough to keep him? Or again, is it just a case of, like you're saying there, it's difficult to know at this moment in time? Well, listen, if,
3: if you're a club and you're, and you're winning trophies and you're you know all competing in the Champions League towards the, the, the last... Uh, in, in echelons of the competition then uh, you know, those are all the things all the ingredients to keep a top player like Christian Eriksen aren't there so so yeah in theory yeah you know, if they are if that's where Tottenham are and that's where Tottenham are competing then you know there's no reason why Christian wouldn't be at the club for years to come but um, you know, like any player he's ambitious and, and, and will want to win those trophies so there comes a point doesn't there in a player's career where they have to sit and think you know is the club that I'm at going in the direction that I wanted to go in or or, you know, before I finish my career and hang up my boots or I'm too old to compete at the top level, do I need to make a decision to make sure I can spend three or four years playing at you know the top level and do I need to move clubs to, to do that? But I don't think we're in that situation at the moment with Christian. Okay. Not yet. Lol,
0: wanna come back round to you and discuss Toby out who underlined his happiness at Tottenham as his contract continues to wind down. Now, the defenders we expected was going to leave the club last summer with Daniel Levy and Maurizio Pochettino. As we understood, it open to cash in on him with his contract expiring next summer. Can you just explain, Lowell, how does his contract situation work in terms of when that release clause becomes active? Can you give us or give the listeners also an understanding of how that's going to work?
3: Yeah, um, yeah so so the contract as it stands runs out in 2019 but there's a year-long option that can be extended that can be triggered similar to how Yamba Tonga's was today but the the, the opportunity in the the next summer's transfer window for a club to buy him for 25 million pounds so that window um, of of opportunity for, for any clubs that might want him expires about 14 days before the end of the transfer window next summer so Obviously, now with that um, with that transfer window having been brought forward uh, to before the season starts, to kind of the the window of opportunity for clubs is is is, is not as big. Um, which I, which obviously you know if if he doesn't agree a new deal between now and then, you know that uh, makes things a little bit more difficult for for prospective buying clubs. But then on the other hand, it perhaps doesn't because. You know, if you're, you know, you can you can do the negotiations up to that point, and, and and you can clubs, you know, potential buying clubs will have it in mind that once they slap in that offer between that time, then uh, then then it will be successful. So, um, so I think it's in Spurs' interest to try and to try and get on another contract um, if they, if they can before. Then um, I, I don't know where discussions are at with that. Um, to be honest, uh, at this point, um, I certainly don't don't think there'll be any movement there in in in, in January. Um, so there's still some time left, I guess, to, to try and uh, try and agree something if, with him if they can. Um, but on the other hand, I know that obviously they're making contingencies for potentially losing him. Um, they've been out looking at other centre halves and other uh, well, potential center halves, or Nathan Aki being one of them, I right. um, you know, reported on earlier about a month or so ago. Um, so yeah, Toby's situation is obviously different from from Christians and and others, where and, and Jan's in, in terms of it being a little bit more uh, time sensitive, shall we say, and a little bit more impending um, at the moment. But um, interestingly, though, someone told me recently that um, that Spurs have haven't actually had any formal contact for Toby at all, and didn't in the summer. Really, and there not, was not there one club of there,
0: interest. Does there was mean, not. not Really
3: well, you know the thing. The thing you know how the, these things work is that you know you the, the people who do the talking um, initially over over these sorts of things are are you know intermediaries, the, the people that, yeah. that repre- represent the players and, and what have you. So messages get passed along, and obviously in discussions with with, with clubs and things, you know they'll, you, you, you'll be getting information from 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 intermediaries that you know as to whether clubs are actually interested or not. But obviously until that interest is made formal until there's actually a call and approach from a club Um, you know you you never really know and interestingly somebody somebody told me just a few days ago that um, that Spurs have uh, well yeah this is their information was that Spurs have actually never had a formal approach for for Toby on so far so that is crazy yeah interesting and and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, it's, it's on the one hand it can seem a little bit hard to believe considering yeah. the statue of the player but yeah. but, um, but but there you go
0: I've got to bring Jason Jason can you believe this after all the shows after all the speculation after all the Twitter responses backwards and forwards I mean it's a bit of a Lyle there's actually never been a, a formal bid come in for Toby can you be <laughs> <laughs> what's all this last you? 12 months been for Or well, 12 years 12 years 24 months been for jace
1: <laughs> rick it doesn't surprise me at all and that's why the transfer window bores me it's just week after week after week of the same stuff and you fall for it everybody no time. you love
0: it don't give me you that do. you love you it Lo, no, i promise you jason's yeah, I mean, at home with, yeah. his, with his blazer on. he's got he's got the sky sports shirt don't worry about that he's got he's got the suit trust me <laughs> Trust me, he's got it all. You know, you he's got a yellow tie on. You, you said yourself.
1: <laughs> I mean, you, you said yourself. You're you worried about Mourinho being sacked today. The only club that was ever linked with Toby was Man United. The manager that wanted him was Mourinho, and now he has been sacked. So that removes that, doesn't it?
3: Does it? There you go. Does well, it? there you go. <laughs> I mean, listen. Yeah. Again, yeah. I think you know. As it remains to be seen what what United are going to do in the in January. I mean, obviously they're going to have an interim manager, mm. and they're kind of, I guess, they're in a little bit of um, uh, limbo. Probably is maybe the right word in terms of their recruitment in January because they can't. I guess they they can't, or they, they're not. They're not likely to recruit for their interim manager for the rest of the season. I mean, it's very unlikely that you're going to recruit for six months. Uh, you know, they're going to be. It's going to be something that's that's looked at probably next summer when the new manager comes in and the new sporting director comes in. So um, I think uh, we, it'll be I'll be surprised if United do anything in January, and that certainly obviously uh, uh, eases the, the 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 potential for United to come in for for someone like Toby. Okay. Well,
1: all, all I all I say, Rick, is mm. I definitely think that that come next summer that that someone will come with a twenty five million quid. It could be a team in blue based in London. It could be a team based in, in on Merseyside in red because. It, it's let's be fair. Twenty-five millions are dropping the ocean to them, and they will perceive it as a great chance to to weaken Tottenham. But the interesting thing to be is whether they come up with a big enough attraction as a package to actually to take him. It's not just the twenty-five million; it's it's taking him as well and, and selling their clubs to him. So yeah, you know, you're, Chelsea, absolutely right. you're absolutely right. If Chelsea right. weren't in the Champions League, yeah. is is that such an attractive proposition? If if Liverpool no, were. Of pit Manchester City to the title, that it's an entirely different proposition with them doing it, isn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the the like you said, the suitor has to be there, the the right suitor. And you know, if you if you look back at the summer and you look at the market for centre halves and you look at which clubs bought centre halves in in the summer um, for big money, there wasn't a lot of movement in the centre half market in the summer. There wasn't a lot a lot done. You know, Manchester United coming into the last. Few days of the window and thinking about centre halves, I think you were looking at um, you were looking at people like Harry Maguire, weren't they? And I think they tried for Diego Godín and 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 and, you know Toby would have been somewhere on that list. But other than that, there weren't any other clubs looking to do centre halves at at the fifty million pound mark um, that 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 perhaps Alavira would have wanted to go and play for. So you know. Again, it can change next year. There might be more clubs out there looking for centre halves that that, um, that Toby might want to play for. And certainly, twenty five million for a player of his stature is an absolute steal. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, again, listen, there's a long way to go until we get to that point. I mean, you look at you look at Chelsea now, and, and they've got two very good first choice centre halves, and so have City, and so have Liverpool, and you know, certainly in the Premier League. Um, if you want to be first choice centre half in uh, in the Premier League team, there aren't that many opportunities there, or are there, for a player to go and move to another another club, at least in the Premier League.
0: So. Interesting. Let's turn our attention to another Belgium, and this is Moussa Dembélé. Cool. Now, from what we hear, low again, this is what we hear out there that we hear he's happy to run down his current contract, which expires in the summer. There's currently no agreement oh. in place to extend his stay at Spurs, nor has an agreement with a new club been found yet. Now, Dembélé, as we know, he's actually injured at the moment. Yeah. We don't know when he's likely to be fit. I mean, my question to you is, do you think he could possibly leave the club in January? And if so, how does he pass a medical when the condition is in, Lyle? Does that mean also that, again, that could be prolonged to the summer if he to leave Tottenham?
3: Yeah, I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll leave in, um, in January. I mean, the, the, what was going on with, or what I understand was going on with Dembele in the summer is that he was quite open to a move to China, um, and but nothing materialised there because there weren't, Um, really any international spaces left at Chinese clubs Um, So, and I think also in China they are working towards more of a financial fair play model of their own I think so they've kind of come out of their initial uh, shall we say burst of huge uh, investment in in foreign talent and I think they're now trying to be a little bit more uh, careful and responsible so there's less of that kind of uh William inly really, really big spending we'll just go and get this person. We'll go get that person um I think one of the options on the table that was put to him was to potentially go to Inter for a year and then move to China, which I understand he didn't really fancy. He was more happy to just to just stay at Tottenham. you know another player's been happy at tottenham um but you know he's thirty one now he will be thirty two next year uh, his injury problems have happened again this year, obviously. You know, which is such a shame because he's such a such a good player. You know, a fit, a fit Moussa Dembélé even at thirty one, thirty two is, you know, is, is somebody you would have in your team every week. But unfortunately, he's just not at that point in his career where he can really do that. Um, which is a real shame for him. You know, if you were, if if we were looking at a 27 year old Moussa Dembélé, you know, I think he'd be another one that Spurs would be looking to give a, a long term contract to. But. Um, I think the conditions for that are not really there, and um, you know I've certainly been reporting over the last few months that um, they've been scouting for replacements. I think I've been reporting that for the best part of a year now. Actually, I think it was a year ago we started talking about that. Um, obviously, I mentioned people back in the in the day, uh, like Koundouzi, who went to Arsenal, and uh, I think we talked about Kondogbia, and uh, he's moved as well, hasn't he, he signed permanently uh, for um, Valencia. Uh, who else did we talk about? Uh, it was Basuma, Obviously, he was one they we were monitoring. He's gone to gone to Brighton and done okay. Um, but there's lots of other players as well that, that, that are still kind of out there. That they've been looking at in that position. He said
0: Hadara, wasn't it? You said Hadara, is a decoy as well. Is that the similar position? And, and yeah, are these, decoy. are these players again all that realistic?
3: Oh, well, I say I mean, re- realistic. Well, I mean, what do you mean by realistic? They're, they're realistic in the sense. That
0: realistic, the Tottenham. That's what I mean by someone like Dembele. <laughs> that's my. I mean, well, they're realistic Tottenham. in the
3: sense, that I'm <laughs> sure they would want to go and play for Tottenham. I mean, Haidara is is more of a sort of an attacking minded player, right? Um, than than Dembele. I think he's you know he's even more of a sort of an attacking central midfield player rather than that kind of number number six uh, type. Um, you know, the, the the model for for that position, the, the kind of the ideal recruit is is someone like Frankie de Jong who has been around um, for not very long and managed to establish himself as kind of the hottest prospect in that position on in, in Europe and so much so that Ajax know that and, and, and he's going to cost you know anything around the sort of £70 million or more Mark so I think that, that he's, he's kind of been and gone for Spurs in terms of potential recruitment but there are plenty of other players you know, out there for that position. Uh, there's obviously uh, Ndombele at uh, Leon that Tottenham like a lot. Um, he's having another good season. Um, he's being tracked by, by a host of big teams. I put, uh, put a note out about that the other yeah. day. Um,
0: so Rabia, as we understand it, like what can you say about him? Another player that's been heavily linked to the club. Do we understand it now that it looks like the player has agreed in principle to join Barcelona? Is that how we understand it to be at the moment? Or again, is that still at the moment...
3: It's well, I, th- I don't know if it's if it's if it's agreed. I don't know if that's the case. But um, I had a conversation with a source um, on the continent a few days ago, and we got into a conversation about Rabiot um, because uh, yeah, that sort of particular source has a kind of a shall we say an interest in that market and an interest in that particular player um, or that that kind of profile of a player, um, and he was quite sure that. Rabiot had his eyes on a move to Barcelona, and that um, perhaps Frankie De Jong, for example, as I mentioned before, was too expensive for Barcelona, right? And therefore saw Rabiot as more of an ideal player to bring in because of his contract situation. So where we talked, I mean, listen, where we talked before about the types of players that Tottenham would want to go and sign from top clubs, yeah. You you want to look for a player who's either out of favour and, and a club wants to offload, or a player whose contract situation. Is uh, makes him you know an ideal target in terms of the transfers fee. So, so Adrian has got six months left on his contract.
0: I've
3: got to see so like coming he's from. Gonna, yeah. doesn't look like he's going to sign a new one. Uh, it's in a situation where he can let his contract run down if he doesn't go in January and, and move on to a to you know to a, to another big club and, and get a big signing on fee and not have to worry about transfer fees and all that kind of thing. So uh, what I gather is that that, that, that um, yeah, that Barcelona. Kind of uh, looking at that one as as something that could happen next next summer. So yeah, I think um, I, I, I think because of that, I think it's it's not really one that Tottenham uh, are going to pursue very very strongly. But then you know if if Barcelona get other ideas, then uh, he might suddenly become a potential target again. Okay. Um, but that's that's certainly the position I think that Tottenham are. If they're going to do anything in January, I think that would be the position that they would do something in, considering Dembélé's contract situation and considering that they have a raft of injuries in midfield. Well, Eric now. Dyer,
0: now, isn't it? Eric Dyer again with the removal of appendix. That sounds like it's a it, yeah. it's come at really costly time for, suppose, for such a busy period. Jace, um, I think we mentioned before that central midfield area it's a problem for Spurs. I mean, we've got options there when everybody's fit. I'm going to ask Lowell on a second about Victor Wanyama's status because, again, like Lowell says there, it's just a host of injuries at the moment in that central midfield area for Tottenham.
1: Yeah, I, I think with, with Dembele, I think if, if a Chinese club wanted him, I'd, I'd let him go there in January and I'd give him a free transfer if he could pass a medical because you're going to pay him for the last six months of his contract, so he's going to go on a free in the summer anyway, isn't he? And if, why pay him six months on a contract if you're not really going to play him anyway you might as well just pay it up and and, and let him go if, if China's where he wants to go I think you know the big thing with why another reason why China wouldn't have taken him last year is that I don't know if people realize that the transfer of fees in China when they were paying those huge fees you know there's there's now a, the Chinese government brought in a hundred percent tax on every sign-in so you sign a player for 30 million. The Chinese club's got to pay out sixty million to get the player because thirty million also goes in tax. So a free transfer for Dembele suddenly makes a lot more sense than paying fifteen million for him, doesn't it? So Mm. you know, I I think if an offer came in for him, I, I personally would say thanks, Moussa, been brilliant, but you know we need to move on because you just feel that we'll be stuck with him for six months and he'll he'll perhaps only play four or five games. And I don't actually want to see Moussa Dembele really struggling through those five games, like we saw Nedley doing mm. in yep. those those last couple of months. I don't want to see Moussa Dembele getting dispossessed by Jordan Henderson and people like that, where you think, you know, we, we've seen him walk past people like that and now suddenly complete idiots on the pitch catching him and taking the ball off him. But I don't want to see Moussa Dembele go that way.
0: No, none of us do. I mean, lol, just on Jan Vertonghen, I was going to ask you about Yam, but the good news is on the back of me... Doing the running order for the show, we heard Yan you know, sign a new contract at the club. It's been activated now for a contract until twenty twenty. Where we understood he's also open to hopefully signing a, a new long term contract at the club. Is that how we understand it at the moment, Lo?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think both both sides would be quite keen to discuss that at some point, but I think they're quite relaxed at the moment. That's
0: good so, news. Yeah. Though. Very good news. Yan and Jace, your initial reaction to that? I mean, he's been. As we've said all along, apart from you'd argue, you know that, that Arsenal game in the Premier League a couple of weeks ago, one of his very uncharacteristic performances. He's been one of Spurs' most consistent, has not he, over the last couple of years?
1: Absolutely, he has. But um, I mean, he's been brilliant for certainly throughout Pochettino's time. But I just, <laughs> just of all the places to have that absolute <laughs> shocking nightmare, it had to be there, didn't it? Mm. Why, could, why couldn't that have been Rochdale in the Cup last oh, year or something? <laughs>
0: That's football, isn't it? I mean, Lyle, bring it back round to yourself to discuss another central midfielder situation, Victor Wanyama. Now, Wanyama last featured for Spurs on November the 10th against Crystal Palace owing to a lingering knee injury. Now, he's only made seven appearances across all competitions for Spurs this season where do you stand on Victor Wanyama's future at Tottenham because when he came to the club he had that wonderful first season where he was incredible he was brilliant but since then Lowell, it's kind of been injury after injury after injury and you do concern yourself whether because of the amount of injuries he's had will he ever get back to that form of when he first kind of came through at Tottenham and you know, we, we got him over the line from Southampton
3: It's, it's difficult to, to to say isn't it because he's had so many injury problems it's difficult to know you know If that if if that player is really in there still, because after you know when players have long-term injuries like that, recurring injuries like that, like that, they can really kind of take their toll. And I think um, you know again, again, that's I think that's one of the reasons why Tottenham are uh, are looking at that area either you know next month or certainly in the summer is because of Wanyama's injuries, obviously being a you know also of a concern and, and not necessarily knowing whether this guy can you know can make it through. Through a full season, so it's a real shame for him because he's like you said, he had such a good season that year, and you know, people go banging on about Angola Kante being the kind of ideal player in that position. I think I think Wanyama's level in that that mm. that season, that first season, was Brilliant, as good it? as Kante's, yeah. yeah I, I think, I think, um, and you know, if he have stayed fit, then we people be talking about Victor Wanyama as much as they've been talking about Angola Kante, um, so yeah. It's a real shame and real concern, really, that um, he might not not be able to get back up to that level. But I do hope he, I do hope he can, because he's he's a good player. I like him a lot. I like I like that kind of that kind of midfield player. Agree um, with
0: that, he, yeah. yeah. Agree with that. Spot on. Jace Wanyama's situation at the club. It's such a shame, is it? Because like Lyle said, there in his first season, he was simply incredible, wasn't he? And it's just such a shame that he's had, as I said, that injury after injury. He's never really been able to get back to that season or his first season at the club, where he was formidable in that midfield for Tottenham.
1: No, nope, I don't think we'll we'll see that again because I think he'll he'll now. I mean, with the knee problems that he's had, I think you know even if he comes back to fitness, he'll he'll always be you know two or three games in, one or two games out, two or three games in, and and even some of those that he's in, he'll always be fighting for fitness and and fighting for that mobility. And mobility was a big thing for him. So you know if he's if he's lost two or three percent of that, that that will have a knock on effect. So you know he's, he's another one. I suppose sadly that that I'd be saying. I think we spoke about him on, on the last pod anyway, didn't we? How difficult it will be to move him on. Again, you may to move him on you may well have to give him a free transfer.
0: Okay, interesting. La, we've got a clutch of fringe players here. Before we're gonna ask you we can do some listener questions to kinda of finish off. If we've got a clutch of fringe players I want to ask your analysis on very, very quickly. So the likes of Worm, Lorente Jansen in Kudu, Cameron Carter Vickers. As a summary for those guys that are kind of on the fringe of the squad, as we know, Cameron Carter Vickers at the moment, I think he's on Ipswich on loan. But Mm -hmm. have these guys generally got a a long term future at the club? We've heard Vorm come out recently and say that, you know, he's not happy about his time on the bench. We've heard Lorente come out and say that, you know, if a move to Babel was open to him to go back to his former club, he'd be open to that. and his agent, has come out and said recently he doesn't know where his future holds. In Kudu, who knows what's going on with him? What can you tell us about those five players, Lowell, as as a summary on those guys?
3: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the, the future is looking pretty bleak, isn't it? Um, I think it was in the summer. Carl is on loan at, at uh, Swansea, I think, isn't he? Not oh,
0: sorry.
3: Carl is... not switch. I think yeah. it was at, Ipswich at the end of last year and he's at That's Swansea,
0: right. Swansea this year. Carl is at Swansea
3: this year. That's right. Sorry. Yeah, he's at Swansea at the moment. and I mean, I was at the recent Brentford-Swansea game. Uh, he wasn't in the starting lineup. He came on for a bit. Didn't really pull pull up any trees, to be honest. Um, you know, I just don't think he's quite at the level. I mean, if you look at where Juan Foyth is already mm, after coming yeah. over for awesome. you know not a long, not not a great deal length of time, I think he's taken to it a lot quicker and and looks more of the kind of prospect that that, that young prospect that Tottenham want to bring through than 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 Cameron. Um, who else are you mentioned? Kudu. Yeah, I mean, there was plenty of loan offers for him. Um, in the summer, from some German clubs, Mainz being one of them, I think, as well. And uh, I, don't think, you know, I don't think the right offer was there at that particular point. But certainly, I think there's something that will be revis- revisited in in, in January. Jansen, I'm sure, as well, would be wanting to get out on loan somewhere. Um, he's obviously had a, a, an injury, but I, I think he's come through the worst of that now. And, and So, I think he'd be another one that would potentially move on. Llorente, obviously, has hardly played mm. since he came to the club. Um, I mean, that... To, on the one hand, that was to be expected because he's only going to play when Harry's he's not fit. That's right, yeah. Um, but still, I think you know Tottenham have tried some other things, haven't they? Even even more so than than playing Llorente. So I think it'd be difficult to see to see whether he'll continue um, past the end of this season. Obviously, Michel Vaughan given the age that he's at, uh, I think he's out of contract as well at the end of the year. But um, but he's just more of a kind of a rolling contract. Hold, I, I think I right, okay. call it. Not, not in any kind of an official sense, but that's probably the kind of nickname to give it because right. you know he's he's his relationship with with Hugo Lloris is, is very good. I'm told, and they they he's quite integral to the way the goalkeepers train.
0: Okay, um, so
3: they they push each other very very intensely in training, and and uh, I think that um, you know one of the reasons why they've been very keen to keep Misch um, is because of that. You know, not necessarily because he's because yeah, he's obviously getting on a bit as well now. I think mm. he's, what, he's at thirty, thirty-three, thirty-four. 33, 34, I think now. And, um, that's
0: right, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, so I think it's something that tends to be explored, you know, towards the end of the season, really. It's just a conversation that's had with him and his representatives in the club, as, you know, as, as to whether he can keep pushing at that level and whether he wants to keep pushing at that level or, and, and keep playing second fiddle or, or what. So I think that's, yeah, that's one to kind of play by ear to, towards the end of the year. But... Um, Yeah, in terms of some outgoings. You see, I think one thing we've not touched on yet is Tottenham's homegrown players. Well, that's what I was going to
0: ask you. Because I'll I'll tell you what, we've got a question in here and we'll bring that into it. That is from um, SM Parter SM Part 1. It says, do we need to start signing homegrown players or is it too early yet? Lyle, what's your take on that one?
3: Well, the answer is yes, because Tottenham submitted a 24-man Premier League squad instead of 25-man Premier League squad because they only had uh, seven homegrown players. So there's a gap there. So there's a player missing. So if they want to submit the, you know, resubmit a 25-man squad for the rest of the Premier League season, it needs to have a homegrown player in it. And there aren't any, as far as I'm aware, any players who have come through the academy that will be turning um, of the of the kind of senior age uh, that will qualify as homegrown. So obviously, when players have spent time in the academy, yeah. um, and then are no longer under 21 players, they can you know, become homegrown status players but I don't think there are any that that's happening to so that's obviously why they went for Grealish because they needed to, you know, that they were looking for that, that kind of a position and um, he was obviously a homegrown player so if Spurs want to bring anybody in in January and not move anybody out then it's going to have to be a homegrown player um, but if they are able to move out one or two then obviously spaces open up so um I know Janssen wasn't named in the Premier League squad but Nkudu was so if you if you were to move Nkudu out obviously that 24-man squad would become a 23-man squad so you'd potentially have a space there for a for a a foreign player to come in and it still be a 24-man squad with a one one space there um so there's a you know there's perhaps a little bit of leeway there if they're able to move out um uh, GK somewhere and uh, and uh, you know b- bring someone in. So on the one hand, it is a pressing issue, but it's not as pressing if there's a bit of movement there. But obviously, you need to you know you need to be able to move players out to to um, to, to fill those spaces. So um, there's a little bit of a kind of uh, a juggling act. So it's big to be to be had there. But it's interesting, you know. There's there's plenty of good homegrown players out there that, that Spurs could potentially bring in. I think I mentioned Nathan Ake before. Is one that I've been monitoring, you know, there's more good players. At, well, gosh, you know, I, some names I've got here,
0: I want to ask you about um, Lewis Cook, David Brooks, Callum Wilson. They've apparently Spurs are of these players.
3: Is that right? Is that how you see it at the moment? Yeah, well, I think I mentioned before that, that Tottenham um, will look at certain clubs more closely than others in terms of the way that they develop players themselves and the way that they play. So when I talked about, uh, you know, Pochettino. Liking players that can play in a certain position and play in a certain way, and look, being looking for players that are already playing in a similar fashion. Um, you know, people. Peop, some people might scoff, and especially those that want Tottenham to go out and sign huge marquee players from big clubs. But I think Bournemouth, <laughs> personally, are doing very, very well. Mm, um, they are doing doing yeah. very well with the squad that they've built. Um, you know, they are a good side, and they are they are a club that play. Uh, that that operate on a very, very modest budget uh, with players that they've mostly brought up from the Championship themselves and yet are able to compete in the top eight, ten clubs in the Premier League against other clubs who have massive budgets, who spent lots of money on, you know, lots of emerging talent and otherwise. And I think the fact that they've been able to do that is, is, you know, a testament to not only the way that the club's set up and the way that Eddie Howe works, but also the quality of the players that they've had. So... If you are Tottenham and you're looking to recruit the next kind of uh, wave of players coming through who are playing at an excellent Premier League level, and I mean that statistically as well, if you look look through the stats and, and start comparing players statistically, a lot of Bournemouth players score quite highly. Um, Callum Wilson, obviously being one of them, he's more of a centre forward, so. I think, you know, in terms of Tottenham signing Callum Wilson, it's much less likely because he's going to come in and he's not going to play because Kane Pay- can play, isn't he? Uh, although you might see him as an ideal backup, I'm not sure Callum Wilson would fancy that. Uh, he's in, you know, he's in a point in his career where he's been playing all the time. And if he's going to move up to, a, to another level, to a big club, he's going to want to do that and be the first choice number nine. So, But certainly Brooks is a, is a star in the making, you know, and... and and he's, he's an interesting one to look out for. I know there's been some interest in Lewis Cook before, but I think he's injured at the moment. I think he's got quite a... a ACL, a, hasn't he, a, Lewis come. Cook? Is, is he? OK. Yeah, it's
1: ACL. So, I mean,
3: it's certainly... It's, the it's, season, it's a mid-to-long-term really injury, then, isn't it? The yeah. Yeah. Long yeah. Long-term. I've so seen that rules him, the, obviously rules him out as a target initially. I know there's a bit of interest there. Not much, though, I think, because I think Cook's more of a sort of a winks type player. Right. So you have to remember... In terms of midfield signings, the kind of player that Tottenham want to bring in, they want to bring in that kind of like uh, that marauding type, that Dembélé type. Okay, so so Winks is more of a kind of deep lying playmaker, it gives you a different option there. But what you Tottenham mean a don't...
1: bit like Moussa Sissoko? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know
3: how
0: yeah, things yeah. change, Lo. Eh? Moussa, remember you oh, was team. on the last the last time, He's a Lo. Different
3: player, isn't he? It's crazy. <laughs> Who's this player we spoke about, Lo? Who have we signed? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Well, he's like a new signing, isn't he? he but is. that, almost like he's been playing recently. I mean, they, I think they would want somebody who's a bit more technically gifted than uh, than, than him. Um, but they want, rather than a deep-line playmaker, rather than a, than a Harry Winks or a Jean-Michael Seri or a, someone like that, I think they want someone who's a bit more... Well, I, I know they want someone who's a bit more of a, of a marauding type, so you only have to look at the way... And Dogbea plays, who we know has been a target, or that's you right. look at the way Ndombélé plays, or the look, look at the way that Abdoulaye Dekore plays. These are all players Tottenham are interested in because that's the profile that we what they want. Um, but if you're looking a bit further up, further up the field, the kind of Grealish type player, well, David Brooks fits that profile. Um, and the fact that he's come up from Sheffield United to Bournemouth and just immediately swanned into the Premier League level and started tearing some stuff up is a testament. And, 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 and uh, you know, it, it just shows you the kind of player that he is. You know, it takes a lot of mental strength to be able to do that, to be able to come up to the level. And comp- it's like almost similar to what Dele Ali did in a way. I know he's not doing it uh, 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 at, the, at quite the same level as Ali and obviously not as... Uh, as at, as a bigger club but it's similar in that this is a guy who's come up at a very young age from the Championship or lower to, to the Premier League and gone yeah I'll have a bit of this I'm not phased you know, at all so he's an interesting one he's an exciting prospect but um, uh, who else is there at Bournemouth uh, obviously Nathan Aki I mentioned um, yeah, these are all players that, that Tottenham have, um, you know, been monitoring. And 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 Ryan Fraser is another one who I like quite a really? bit. Really? Okay, not, that's interesting. Good. Player. I'm not sure if he qualifies as as homegrown. Then I have to I'd have to look that up as to whether he he would qualify as homegrown status because I'm not sure what his academy history is. Mm. Um, to be honest,
0: you mentioned Low quite a few times throughout the night about Grealish. Can I ask you? We got a question from Barry Musquigan here. who says, "Will the club go back in for Grealish? Do you think that one's still around? Low is that kind of time been and gone now on Grealish? What do you think?"
3: Well, I don't know anything about Grealish at this point. Obviously, he signed a long contract since then, and his his um, his value has risen quite considerably, I think, because of that and because of he's carried on doing quite well. So, rather than a twenty-five potential million-pound player, um, I think you're looking at more like thirty, thirty-five now. Really, and that's just the that's so just up. the way the markets going. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, the championship has um has become and again, this is kind of to the to the potential detriment of Premier League clubs in terms of recruitment. The Championship club Championship has now become a league that is arguably on par with the top some of the other top five leagues, I think. And there's certainly, you know, big investors and other big clubs and big agents who are looking at the, the Championship in that regard because it's kind of the, the the Premier League two in a way. It's kind of like the the. Uh, which, the, the kind of the, the crash for the Premier League, isn't it? It's the kind of where Premier League clubs are made and become Premier League clubs. Do you see what I mean? So you, you only had to see that with Wolves and the the you know the, the amount of investment that went into Wolves. Um, and you're now seeing, you know, there's a little bit of that at Nottingham Forest and there's a little bit of that at Villa and there's now a, potentially a little bit of that at, at Reading as well. Um, so a, a knock-on effect of that is that the, the kind of prices... The championship players now cost are getting up towards, you know, lower Premier League levels. Whereas before, you could perhaps get yourself a bargain in in, in the championship, but not now. I mean, James Madison went for twenty-five million. Um, you know, Villa were knocking back 20, 25 million for Grealish to, um, from Spurs in the summer. So that's only going to go up. I know um, clubs like Brentford, for example, were were asking from north of twenty million for players like Watkins, Ollie Watkins and. Chris Meppham, so, you know, that's only going to increase um, as the demand goes up. Interesting. So it's difficult difficult to get players play out of the Champions Jason, I want to come
0: round to you. There's a question here from Reggie Moore at Moore underscore Reggie, who says, we are a very young team. Do you feel bringing in an experienced midfield in if if was out there, with silverware under their belt, would provide the cover for the injuries and control the midfield to get over the more difficult games? I think, well... First of all, who are they out there? Number two,
1: you know, are they able to play in Pochettino's system? I think if you know, we've we've had similar type questions before, isn't it? And we, we've said, what's the point of bringing in a in a really established a uh, player if they're not going to fit into Pochettino's system, or if they're thirty-two years old, they can't physically play in Pochettino's way? I mean, you know, when you look at it. It, it sounds sounds ideal, doesn't it? You bring this person in, but when you look around, find one that that <laughs> is possibly of use because they're going to be thirty-three, thirty-four-year-old players that the big clubs don't want. I mean, if I said to you, what about bringing in Gary Cahill as a as a backup centre half? But who who would, which top player would take Gary Cahill? But there's a player that's got trophy-winning experience that knows the Premier League, but nobody would want Gary Cahill, would they? What, what people actually want is a 24-year-old that's won 15 league titles and 25 <laughs> FA cups, and those ones don't exist because the older ones at 34 won't, won't be able to play the Pochettino-pressing style of football. So, it's, yes, it's an, in an ideal world, that's what you do, but, but the reality is you actually try and find one that would be a use. So say you went to Real Madrid and signed Marcello. Pochettino won't want that because of an ego. So, you know, they come with an ego or they come that they're too old to play Pochettino's way of
0: football. Interesting. I want to come back round to hey, you. By the, by the way, I don't
1: want to sign Gary Kayo either. <laughs> Just in case somebody thinks I do. But Cesc Fabregas, there you go. There, there's a 34-year-old midfielder with, with lots of, of titles under his belt. Who wants Cesc Fabregas?
0: That'll get them well, I suppose, with his Arsenal connections. There you go. There, there you go. go. <laughs> Love, bringing it back around you. This is very bullish. This is from Musa at Musa Chfc who says, "Will Spurs get anyone in January, or will it be the same as the summer?"
3: Ooh, well, you know me. I'll I'll put you I can't spot, say. spot, Low,
0: and I. I'm putting you on a spot. I'm really sorry. Well, no
3: one can say for certain, can they? This they point? can't. Um, no, nah, listen. You know, they're, they're not going to ignore the window. They're not going to ignore the potential opportunities. So, you know, if they if they do one, I would I would only really anticipate one. Um, I wouldn't anticipate, you know, any more than that if they do do any at all. Um, so, I mean, um, there's nothing really concrete at the moment that I would want to hang my hat on and, and start start talking about. Yeah. So, you know, that, but then again, that is kind of similarly the case for quite a lot of clubs. So at the moment, you know, what I'm getting is that the clubs at the bottom of the table are going to be the busiest right um and that's just come from conversations from 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 from, from you know agents and chief execs and gems and scouts and coaches or whatever from 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 all the clubs so you know your Huddersfields and burnley's and southampton's and fulham's are going to be the busiest ones um and the top clubs less so uh, because i think that obviously you know when things are going well and things are going well for tottenham you don't you're not going just gonna rock the boat for no reason and also Tottenham are very much now in the in the in the um the realm of not bringing in players for the sake of it as we will know they're not just going to go and do something um for the sake of it you know I think they're happy to 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 suffer um, a little bit rather than go and out and buy a mistake uh, you know there's been plenty of plenty of players that have come into tottenham over the last Five to ten years that you could say have you know been a bit of a uh, a waste of money, shall we say mm. so yeah, so listen, yeah, as I said last year and the year before probably that I wouldn't expect a busy one for tottenham, but if they um if there's you know one to do, okay. I think they will, and I think um why what, what I'm told so far is that that central midfield area is the area that they're looking at the most. OK. And, guys, listening to I was, the show, listeners well, got to say,
0: don't blame don't Lyle, know. there's no signings, all right? Just be very clear. It's not Lyle's fault. There's no signings <laughs> re- they're talking to be Go <laughs> on, Jase.
1: I was, I was going to say, there is one other caveat to throw into the, the equation about squads, about homegrowns, if you want to ask me.
0: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, please do. Go on, Jase, over to you.
1: I think the other thing to, to bear in mind when you're going into the January window, and we're talking about losing Laurentes and Michelle Vaughan's passing on and Moussa Dembele's passing on, the other one thing that you, you do have to bear in mind, for Champions League rules, you can only make three squad changes in, in the next stage. Mm. So if you do decide that you want to move Vorm on and you do decide you move Lorente on and, and Foyth comes in and things like that, you, you, you can't just get rid of Wanyama, Dembele, uh, Volm, Lorente, and all of those because then you can't replace them all. Yep. So you mm. know that, that's that's another thing that Great that point. has to be considered. If if they allow Lorente to move, that's and you've got to bring a striker in to cover Lorente, then then you're stuck then with, with thinking who else you can move on. Mm.
2: Mm.
0: Talk about the yes, money, true. Lyle, coming back around to you. I mean, Jeff asked a question. Number one is there money to spend. Number two, was there ever any real interest in Barrios? Now, it seemed over the summer there was that persistent link throughout the World Cup that Spurs were going to sign this bloke. He was at the training ground. Even some claims to sign a contract what can you tell us on that Law was there ever a concrete move was there ever any speculation that was true about that being credible for that player
3: yeah they like it they like him a bit or they liked him a bit then um, but no there's never anything really more than that right? from, okay. what, I, from what I was getting at that, at that time it was just a player that they liked and you know someone they'd watched quite close to the World Cup but there, there wasn't any actual um, uh, approaches for an actual deal being done as far as I'm aware you know I hadn't heard that and I'd made plenty of inquiries to try and ascertain as to whether that was the case and he um, was just one on the list that they, they liked and that didn't really go any further I think um, yeah I think he played well didn't he with Lermo. With Lermo's the one that's now playing at Bournemouth isn't he um, that's Jefferson right Lerma. yes yeah yeah um, Barrios, yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, um having imagery, seen, him, seen him play.
0: Famous know, for his Colombian player, famous for the headbutt in the World Cup, wasn't he? For he oh, right, against yes, England. That's, right. that's what yes, I that's yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot yeah, of decent, put off, decent little player, De- decent little player. I don't remember him pulling up any any trees, but um yeah, good good little player with some potential, but um yeah, no, there wasn't really anything um concrete that we went on in the summer with him.
0: Okay, couple more quick five questions, Lyle. I promise I'm gonna let you go. So these are some players that we've been linked to. You can just say yes or no to any of these. If you feel Spurs have got an interest in them, we've got okay. Defton Rice, Ben Chilwell, Lavin Kazawa, Joachim Anderson, Mattis Deli. I think we had drawn before about him. Nikola Milakovic, Those are the names I've got. Malcolm also thrown in. Any of those players, Lowell, Spurs have got any interest in at all?
3: There was a couple of there that I never even heard of. So. <laughs> that might be my pronunciation. Like one of the else, maybe. <laughs> and 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 that might make me sound like somebody who doesn't know a lot of players. But trust me, I do a hell of a lot of research. You know, we know got, that. Um, I use I use Y Scout a lot. I was at the Y Scout forum in November. Okay. Um, and which is you know which is uh, it's got every player in it ever and um, and lots of statistical algorithms in it for picking out the emerging talent, the top performing talent, and so there's a few players there that don't even appear on my lists there. So wow. um so no but De- Declan Rice, the one you said at the start, he's quite an interesting one. Um obviously with contract situation being as it is and also being home home grown, I think. Yep. Um project, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting one. But I think I'm not sure he's quite of the profile that Tottenham want. Um I think he's more of a Kind of, he's a more of a defensive midfielder, isn't he? He's more of a dire kind of a player rather than a Dembele kind of a player. Um, I think that's fair to say. I think his his passing is not quite where it would need to be. Certainly, passing into the final third. So, to, Tottenham obviously looking for a, a marauding player who is going to make you know penetrating runs into into the opposition third and the final third, but also making forward passes. So, you're looking for somebody who's got good forward passing accuracy. Um, uh, and that kind of thing makes a lot of passes in the final third accurate ones at that so that's what you're kind of looking for there Um, and I don't think don't think Rice scores that highly in that regard Um, um, certainly not at the moment I think he's more of a defensive player because I think he originally played in in centre-half didn't he? Yeah. So yeah yeah. but interesting definitely interesting in terms of his um, contract situation of being homegrown so I wouldn't rule rule him out. Um, With Wenyama's future up in the air. Yeah, it, there is a possible s- step there. Obviously, yeah. it depends as
1: well. As the other yeah, thing is, even in that out, position, yeah. is is how highly they rate Skip, or, or you know, when Luke Amos comes back. Mm. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Skip obviously he's got he's got a chance now. The thing yeah. of, for these young players is they need the chance, and the chance can come either because it's the, the manager forces the chance by moving other players to the bench and giving them a chance, or the chance can come. Because of a set of circumstances, it can come spontaneously. So the chance there now, it would have been there for Amos had he not not suffered the serious injury that he did, and the chance is now there for Skip to prove himself. So it's certainly worth keeping an eye on Skip, and I and I, I would expect him to play a few more games over the next few weeks. Um, so it'd be worth keeping an eye on how he does, because you know if he does very very well, if he if he's able to. Uh, move up to the level that's required very quickly and some players can do that you know some players can move up a few rings on uh, rings on the ladder very quickly when they're playing games especially when they're playing first team games and they're thrust into that level if he takes to it well then it, you know it might it might affect um, affect spurs thinking a bit you know that the, the thing about transfer plans is that they're, they're not especially in January they're not rigid in that sense they're kind of an an organic thing uh, you know that you need to keep constantly talking about and assessing and 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 um, and what have you as the weeks go by and and players play or players get injured or what what have you because skip certainly got a chance um, to 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 put him put himself into the manager's thinking over the next next few yeah the next few weeks.
0: No I can't thank you ever so much. I know you've answered so many questions this evening. As always, a pleasure to have you back on the show. I mean, I hope you've enjoyed as much as you're going to give our listeners enjoyment, knowing just some of the ins and the outs, what's happening at Tottenham.
3: Yeah, no problem, mate. I no, enjoyed it as uh, as much as uh, as I have done before. So, yeah, I look forward to the next one. And uh, you know, ho- hopefully there's some stuff to report on and and talk about during January and uh, and give fans a bit of excitement through the transfer window. I'm sure there might be a, a few rumblings here and there that we can uh, that we can talk about.
0: Fingers crossed. Well, Al, ha- thank you so much and have a lovely Christmas and a healthy and happy New Year.
3: And you, happy New Year and Merry Christmas to everyone.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks again, Lyle. Much appreciated. Cheers, all the best. Cheers, thank Bye. you. Guys, I just want to say on behalf of everyone at the last one on Spurs, from the whole team, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. I hope you're all enjoying your turkey. I hope you're enjoying opening your presents and pulling the crackers. I just want to say, in terms of the show this season, we've made incredible strides, which all you guys have been a part of. And as we sit here recording the show, we are in the top 20 in the UK of podcast sports shows, which is just simply remarkable. And it is down to all you listeners out there that get in touch with us every single week. So, again, I just want to acknowledge how... You know, for us, it's such a big thing to have you guys to get in touch with the show every single week. All those listener questions, all those calls on Love Sport. I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart from all the support you've given us right from the very start. We've had listeners that have been listening to us on different platforms over the last couple of years. And we're delighted to be able to bring you the last one on Spurs every single week. And also in connection with Love Sport as well, where we love doing the shows over there. So just on behalf of myself, again... I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We've got so many last one on Spurs shows coming your way very, very soon. I hope you've enjoyed this one. And I'm going to pass over to Jason McGovern, who's also got a few words for you, lovely lot.
1: Absolutely, Rick. Just wish all our listeners a really Merry Christmas. It's been a fantastic start to Christmas with stuffing them bastards out the Carabao Cup. Looking forward to a semi-final with Chelsea. But, as I say, enjoy the turkey on Christmas Day because... There was plenty of turkeys at the Emirates. Cheers, boys.
0: Network.